I'm Chuck. And I'm Buck. And this is the Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. And today, we're talking about achievement, accomplishment, and just straight up bragging rights. We're talking about our favorite uh, achievements that we've, uh, you know, we've either earned in games, be it ones that games have set up for us, or ones that we've just kind of like self-imposed on ourselves. Self-imposed on ourselves. That's like good wordage. Yeah, that's solid right there. Yeah, what can you do? That or just a game or group of games that are just considered very difficult or that we had a lot of hard time with and we overcame the obstacle. And I think it's going to be, I mean, I don't know about you. I don't have a lot of, a couple of these are, are kind of impressive. Don't want to pat myself on the back, but some of them, you know, really aren't that impressive. So yeah, I'm not going to be patting myself on the back at all here. I don't consider myself a very accomplished gamer at least when it comes to difficult games. And I think a big reason of that for that is because I like to play a lot of different games and I don't like to concentrate on super difficult experiences a ton. Sometimes I'm in the mood for that. Wait a but, minute. Says the guy who loved Dark Souls before was cool to love Dark Souls. So oh, I mean, that's my achievement right there. Yeah, you were you introduced me to Demon Souls. So. Yeah, I'm a hipster. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Most of the times I spend a the, the games that I spend a lot of time with would not be considered necessarily difficult because I tend to spend most of my time on RPGs and outside of you know really difficult optional bosses they don't tend to be necessarily that challenging and those usually just require grinding too so I mean they're not really like that's more of a maybe a time patience. commitment than yeah. yeah definitely patience per I was gonna say perspiration perseverance or both. Patience, perseverance, and perspiration. Yes. Nice. Triple threat. But, I mean, yeah, that, that's really it. I, we, I think we've both come in with five, as we usually do. Most of our most of our conversations are kind of, just end up kind of being a, a top five. I've got three kind of honorable mentions of games or accomplishments that I've made that I think are I'm at least proud of. I don't think they're very impressive at all, though. One of those being even though I don't think Buck is going to believe me because I've never actually truly been able to prove it in front of him, is the accomplishment of beating all songs on Rock Band (laughs) 1 through 4 and Guitar Hero 1 through 4 on expert guitar difficulty. And I'm not talking five-starring all these songs. I'm just talking flat out just finishing them and not failing them. And And this, uh, I'm going to put an asterisk in there with the exception of Hangar 18, with uh, me and my brother Roy watching, which you could never beat. <laughs> that's the highest difficulty. There's, that's a that's a lot of stress. It is. That's, that's some hardcore critiquing right there. I can still hear the riff of in my head. So for three minutes, and then I fail. <laughs> Wait, yeah. let's try again. <laughs> I'll be. I'll, I will be trying to accomplish that probably in the retirement home. Well, and if I do it then, place, then, that's very, yeah. Well, we would have to do that. <laughs> we could make it happen. Oh, the, yeah, I think the podcast is going to go that long, so pretty inevitable. That's true. Yeah. Uh, another one, also not not an accomplishment, but I was proud of it recently uh, in the last expansion of World of Warcraft. Got my first character from level 1 to 110. Not a difficult feat, but I was still pretty proud of it because it was basically, besides my Final Fantasy XIV character, it was my first character in any uh, MMO that I ever got from level 1 to max. That's still, that's a big time commitment, though. So that is, I mean, that's, I mean, kind of impressive, especially in this day and age when we do have, you know, a lot more going on. If it would have been uh, when we were, you know, in high school or college, I don't feel like that would have been as big of a 
an accomplishment. But yeah, especially with just life going on now, I'd say that's that's a pretty big feat. I'm still working on my first one with I'm up to level 64 and 14. So one of these days. There you go. You'll get there. You'll get there. I'm sitting at 70 just waiting for you. I'm, I'm on the way. Yeah, I didn't track to see how long that 1 to 70 took me, but the uh, 1 to 110 took me, um, I want to say, 125 between 125 and 150 hours total. I bet you to get from 1 to 70, I bet it actually takes longer, just because of all the freaking story content and those ridiculous, stupid missions in between expansions. That's very true. Yeah, it's not even just leveling, it's just grinding through the content. That's not even rewarding at all. Yeah, at least no. in WoW you can kind of level, I don't know if you want to say like, there's like smart leveling guides, there's no good way to get through 14's content. Even if you level up to like max, you're still content locked by all the ridiculous story quest. Oh yeah, well I mean in WoW you're only really content locked by your, your level and once you hit there you can just skip everything that you were on and just move on, so that's great. But yeah, still an accomplishment for me. Got my warrior from 1 to 110, which I know is not an accomplishment compared to getting them from 1 to 60 in vanilla WoW. So let that be known. I but don't really it, know that because I wasn't around for vanilla WoW. Because neither one of us played. Neither one of us played it back then. So what can you do? And then my other my other accomplishment, which is another RPG one, is uh, beating the original Dragon Quest VIII on the the NES, which is a very very difficult and very very grindy game. That is extremely impressive because you said you beat the original Dragon Quest VIII on the NES, and if you pulled that off, sir, kudos to you. Oh, did I say that? Yeah. Well, that's I'm not what sure I. What the new Dragon that, Quest? That's 8 what is. I meant. I re. I reverse, reverse engineered that bad boy. <laughs> Voice acting and all, it was incredible. Yeah, that was no. on the NES. They got a. They took out a production in 2012 in Japan. Yeah, that was a good machine. Quality. <laughs> I meant the original Dragon Quest II. That is what I meant, and that is, uh, from everything that I've ever heard, I think that's considered definitely one of the one of the most difficult old school RPGs, especially on the NES. And that was probably still my favorite NES RPG. So I was definitely welcome to putting in the grind to get yeah, that. Yeah, kudos to you for that, because like you said, that is a that's a grind right there. That is an impressive grind. Yeah, it's pretty much any of the original two. Drag Quest games were certainly grindy. And yeah. I, and those were probably two of my favorites, even though I will never go back and play the original. I feel like it, it'd just be too hard to right now. I wouldn't have the patience. I'm too OCD when it comes to comes to games. I don't it's know. like playing an MMO single player with no fun involved. <laughs> Is basically what the original Dragon Quest Dragon Warrior was to me. Well, do you see the campaign? They're starting to try and get 10 actually over here. Yeah, I did see that. Fingers crossed. Signing that petition. Let's let's get it. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be at least a year. That way I have time to actually play 11. <laughs> I almost picked that up this week, but for some reason I decided not to. I finally beat uh, Xenoblade 2 Torna. So I you beat got that time, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But I'm actually just diving into to Mega Man 11 now. So I'm finally getting to it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, did you just like completely prevent yourself from going hog wild into eleven until you finished that? Well, I knew yeah. if I I would never finish Xenoblade otherwise. There's no way I would just went to eleven and been like, I'm done. That is that is some self control, sir. I congratulate you on that. That may be your greatest achievement in gaming. 
I mean, I should have saved it for number one. Yeah, you really should. Maybe I spoiled it. <laughs> so did you have any um, special achievements you wanted to bring I up? Had, or? Yeah, I had a couple of them here, and they're both uh, RPGs, ironically, from uh, the SNES. And the first one is, I know you did this too, I'm not a person who does many side quests in most games except uh, these two. And the first one would be Mario RPG. Uh, ah, I would yes. call completed 100% it, whatever you want to call, you know, completionist out there, all you Gerard Khalil fans, which is probably the my favorite YouTube channel. But that's one of the few games I could actually say I did 100% complete would be Mario RPG. And that game was just so much freaking fun. And I need to go back to that soon because that's still got to be one of the the top RPGs, period. And it's been a long time since I put any time into it. Yeah, that was a good one. And I think in your defense, it was good for you because it was it was a relatively shorter one. Probably like I'm assuming the next one's going to be, too, maybe. I don't know yeah, what your next one the, is. but it was, a, it was a shorter one. Yeah, and I don't actually remember there being a ton of optional content. Um, it, I remember they super... had, like, Kulix or whatever, that Final Fantasy boss that was kind of... Yeah, that's the main one that sticks out to me. And I'm sure there's some other ones, too, but that was the that was the main one. And he was he was tricky, although I don't remember him being more difficult than the final boss, Smithy. I don't remember him. Yeah, I don't remember anything in that game, minus the, uh, the freaking crocodile was the hardest part for me in the mines. But other than that, I don't remember that game being too difficult overall. Wasn't there like that, like panther or cat in like the sewers that was really difficult for like the level you got there? I don't know if you remember that. I, that's what I remember being the. I remember part. the crocodile with the bombs and the mines being hard. I don't remember a sewer cat. Mm. It, it sounds was, awesome. Clearly, we haven't talked about that game enough, <laughs> but it's fantastic. <laughs> Everybody needs to go play it right now if you haven't. <laughs> Definitely, it's on the SNES Classic, so easy way to check it out. It would be Chrono Trigger, all 13 endings. Nice, that's very impressive. But I mean, it's once you beat the game the first time, you put in, you know, 85 to 90 percent of the legwork. Because like one of the endings, you literally get right to start of the game. You can go through and beat the final boss. You get an ending there. So, I mean, it's impressive, but it's not that difficult to do, especially if you like the first time you beat it, you go through zeal and everything and fight the... Lavos, the final boss, and everything the hardest way, and you'll be probably over-leveled, and then you just new game plus it after that, and you're you're set. You're good to go. Did you get uh, everybody's ultimate weapons and armor, too? I actually did. I nice. maxed out everything and have everybody on level 99, and the, you pretty much, I mean, time you beat everything, it's basically close to that, and yeah, I got all the, those are basically the two RPGs where I did all the side quests. Everything else, side, yeah, exactly, yeah, the golf clap. I feel like I, I deserve got, it. There. I gotta give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> those are the only two times that ever happened that I can think of that you could probably ever think of. It was, but I do have a gripe though about Xenoblade Two Torna. They force you to do like a ridiculous amount of side quests before you can beat that game. Which for, for story progression, is it tied to Final Fantasy fourteen or is it due to difficulty? <laughs> No, it's it's story progression. They have like a community feature on there and each person like each side quest is basically like one person out of your community. And right before like the second to last boss, basically, it says get your community level from one to two. You only have to have like you have to do, like 15 side quests to do that. And then at the end, like right after you do that, 
And right before you fight the final boss, it's like get it from two to four, which is like an extra 30 side quest. So you have to like grind reputation before the end? Yeah, exactly. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, to be honest it with was. you. It was. And I was like... already like level, probably like level 60 by that point. So I'm just doing these side quests, not even like to level up is just uh, to fill out game time, I felt like. So that was annoying. That's very unfortunate. Well, I mean, especially for like... I know that a lot of people thought it was it was like almost a perfect game and to have something like that just like bandaged into the end of it. That's how I feel about like Bravely Default, too. It's almost like a perfect RPG up until like the second half. Because don't you have to do like everything over in Bravely Default or something? You have to go through like the last chapter and like kill all the bosses like five or six times, depending upon what ending you want. And yeah, it's very frustrating. What you're talking about with Xenoblade doesn't sound quite as annoying, but maybe it was. I don't know. It wasn't. I mean, it's not quite as annoying. At least it's new content and everything. And, I mean, yeah. it made me get my characters all get a little buffer than they would have been. But, I mean, for someone like me that likes to just go through the main story generally and doesn't really do a whole lot of side quests, I just hate... They could have done it a lot better. I would have been more okay with it if they had to put, like, blocks out throughout the game, like, raise it from 1 to 2, and then 2 to 3, and then 3 to 4, instead of the very end of the game, 1 to 2, and then immediately after a boss fight, 2 to 4. Agreed. They should have signposted and told you this will eventually be mandatory. Yeah, you better talk to this dude with this exclamation point, because you need to. Because I'm sure it's probably pretty manageable if you would know that from the beginning, and you did it along the way, but yeah, that's kind of silly. Yeah, it was a, a crappy way to pad out the length of the game, which they didn't really have, like, the the main story, con- which the main story is phenomenal, but a lot of these side quests are just, it's just filler garbage, so. Well, I mean, the series is kind of known for that filler garbage, but, yeah, to force you to do it at the end is not acceptable. I agree, but still an awesome game, and everyone should pick it up. Still, yeah. definitely give it two thumbs up. All right, well, I think we're probably ready for our main list. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, first one, I don't necessarily think it's that impressive, but uh, back in high school, I remember when the the original version, the vanilla version of Devil May Cry 3 came out. It was touted as much more difficult uh, than any like any of the other versions that came out before it in any of the other regions of the world. And that was because normal and hard mode were were tuned to be the same difficulty as basically hard and very hard. And I remember getting that game and, you know, like all of the magazines and the reviewers just saying this game is is absolutely brutal, which is not, you know, I mean, it's kind of par for the course. A lot of a lot of journalists aren't necessarily very good at games. And I'd I'd had a lot of experience with the Devil May Cry games and I still had difficulty with Devil May Cry 3 when it uh, when it came out. And I played it on normal and hard because I like to play through it. At least on, you know, just the average difficulty and then one above it just to see what the changes are. And Devil May Cry 3, while it was also one of the the best experiences in gaming I've ever had, it was one of the most difficult, but one of the also most most satisfying uh, difficulty curves, even though it was probably harder tuned than it needed to be. Now, Buck, I don't know if you ever got to play that version of the game or did you play the uh, special edition? I just, I'm pretty sure I actually don't even own that. I just played quite a bit at your house, and that game is just, it's just straight up fun to play. I mean, if it wasn't just so good in general, I don't think we would have accepted the, the difficulty ramp. Well, I know I definitely probably wouldn't have accepted the difficulty ramp at this age. Like I said, 
we had more patience back then. You know, I had literally like six to seven hours to game every night when I got back from school. So, so did just... they just like? So is it just for all Western releases like uh, America and Europe? Basically, they're like America, make it harder. It was kind of just for this one. I actually read a really long article on it uh, earlier today, and it was really just this this version of the game. It was like based on, I guess, feedback maybe from the demo that came out before it, and people said it was too easy. So they just they removed the normal difficulty, the original normal difficulty, and just took like the the three additional difficulties above it and just kind of like just kind of adjusted them. So there's no normal difficulty. It really just went from easy to hard to very hard. And then Dante must die mode. And I, I, I'm not really sure why they did that, because normally they don't even do that for American games. Normally they think we suck at games. I know. So it is very strange. So I have a I have a little bit of pride there. I have played both versions. The special edition is a much smoother uh, difficulty curve. It also has just way more features. But it's also just ultimately the best version because it also has all the difficulties. It has five difficulty modes and but they're just properly labeled as opposed to the original which only had four and just didn't have the appropriate normal difficulty but i remember spending probably a good oh 20 30 hours going through that game the first time just probably on normal difficulty and i think probably a lot of that was just me loving the game in general uh shout out to that opening cinematic where dante's uh beating up all those monsters uh in his shop (laughs) And just like chopping up the pool table and then just shoots the gun into the pool, the pool balls, and they just kill a bunch of the enemies. I just remember that being awesome. I used to watch that all the time. But I just remember grinding a lot of orbs and just wanting to see all the all the new moves that you'd get for the for the various styles that Dante got to fight with and all of his new weapons. So I spent I spent a lot of time with that, and I just remember the difficulty level did not get me down. And for a lot of the for a lot of the Devil May Cry games, I don't go much much harder than the very hard difficulty. I never quite go into Dante must die mode, which where like after a short period of time, uh, the enemies, they go into devil trigger and they get very difficult. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So it's already a pretty hard game. And I know people take the series, you know, very seriously and they like to get like triple S, uh, rankings on all the missions. And that's cool and very fun to watch online, but that is, that's not for me. And yeah, like we're going to be talking about here, we're not people that generally do uh, like speed runs or go for the triple S super awesome, amazing rank. Generally, we're two guys that will beat the game and usually stop about there. Yes. And certainly I'll just speak for myself. I do. I very rarely, if ever, I've ever like done like a self-imposed challenge. Yeah, I have uh, I have one on here I'm going to be bringing up later. It wasn't really self-imposed. It was kind of imposed by the game and internet but yeah bring that up later on well very good you may as well go into your first one then all right so the first one on here is uh nothing super impressive but it was a it felt like a heck of an accomplishment at the time and uh you obviously did this and helped me out with it too is catching the original 151 pokemon back in red and blue yes we did i played through the game twice for you you're welcome (laughs) <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> I know. Well, part of getting 151 was Buck encouraging me to delete my save file. I mean, encouraged to go ahead and trade me all the starters, and then I could trade them to both of us. So if you just restart your game like six times, I mean, we can both get all the starters, and that's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, well, I understand, but restarting after you've already have 111 seems a little different. Yeah, and then realizing, oh yeah, crap, you have to save it. That's true. Shout out to episode three of the podcast, though, if anybody wants to learn more about that sweet experience. Oh, yeah. And but yeah. yeah. Overall, getting the original 151, I mean, that was an epic accomplishment. I know we accomplished it way back through the earliest one on here is when we were in fifth grade. But yeah, that felt that felt good. Yeah, that was like a combined maybe two, three hundred hours between the two of us. Yeah, I'd say probably a probably a good three hundred hours between. Um, we'll just say your two hundred and my hundred hours on there. That's true. Yeah, I did a I did a heck of a lot more leveling, but that did not uh, that did not help out with the our Pokedex at all. No, that's true. But yeah, that was an accomplishment in the half back in the day, and really, I mean, by today's standards, it's not that impressive. But this was not before the internet, but before the internet was big. I mean, we we're surfing around for rumors on dial-up like good old Pika-Blue and uh, Mew under the truck and all that great stuff. But, yeah, that was a most epic early accomplishment, and it felt good getting that diploma. Yeah, I'd say ultimately the the greatest uh, accomplishment out of that was your your mastery of the Safari Zone, because I think that is ultimately the hardest part of capturing all 151. Yeah, Tauros, good lord, they made him ridiculous. Well, wasn't Kekascan pretty difficult, too? He could was you only no get Tauros. Him you could only get him there, but Tauros ran all the time, and I don't remember Kekascan running. I don't even remember what the strategy was to catch them. Was it just, like, pretty much luck? I think it was, like, pray and maybe throw some bait and then try and catch him. Also, it was just religion and throwing rocks. I mean, we did play a lot during re- religion class at school. So. Sweet. Religion and stoning things. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Goes hand in hand there. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was a heck of an accomplishment. And it, you know, that was a game that even once we did that, I definitely didn't stop playing. No. We I don't didn't. think for me, or I think for probably both of us, that was, while that was definitely one of the goals, that was ultimately ultimately definitely not the goal for me. I just wanted to get all my favorite Pokemon up to level 100 for no good reason. And then I just wanted to be the very best that no one ever was. That's right. And I'm sure you probably accomplished that along the way. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was not, like I said, not something super impressive by today's standards, but man, did it feel good. Oh, I'm sure it did. Because I, I did it too. I was going to say, you should be sure because you did it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty awesome. Speaking of awesome, uh, one that we already kind of mentioned earlier, um, and that is my probably paltry achievements with the Dark Souls series. Nice. Uh, as as we mentioned, I am a kind of a hipster. I bought I bought Demon Souls pretty much the week it came out, and uh, pretty much loved it right away. Even though, like most people, um, you know, I hit my head against a wall over and over again just trying to learn how the game worked. I did that again with the original Dark Souls. Pretty much did it with all of them except for Dark Souls 3. That one was much easier than the the rest of the franchise. But uh, outside of discovering Demon Souls and, you know, boosting it to the popularity that it has today, all the sarcasm in the world there, guys. (laughs) Uh, my, My greatest accomplishment with that series is beating all the games so the the three Dark Souls games, Demon Souls and Bloodborne, all three of them, uh, not once but 
through uh, a New Game Plus cycle as well. So that's basically playing them on normal mode and then uh, a difficulty where, depending upon the game, most enemies hit, I don't know, almost twice as hard and they usually have about 50% more health and it's substantially more difficult. And after that, I, th I feel like the New Game Plus cycles really aren't quite as much of an accomplishment because the incremental difficulty definitely starts to slow down. So I never I never quite got the drive to go into like new game plus seven or however high it gets. Yeah, that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I think that's a pretty big accomplishment. I mean, myself, I've only managed to beat Dark Souls 2. So beating all of them. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, I also don't think you didn't finish them because they were too hard. I think you probably just lost interest. That's basically true. I mean, like we were saying today, something happened has to really jump out there and not I have to not see a shiny object in the distance to start playing something else. That's why I didn't want to play Mega Man 11 before I finished Xenoblade or I knew I'd just get lost somewhere in the endless sea of backlog that I probably won't touch. Oh, no, no absolutely. And and to put it into perspective, Dar the Dark Souls series for me, all five of those games are absolute classics. And I would say the Dark Souls series is far and away my favorite modern series like none of those games are missteps as far as i'm concerned i mean i had my arguments for dark souls 2 when it came out uh but it, it took me a while and there's definitely a lot to like about it and it's just it's the fact that it's a little different than the rest of the series is i i think should be more celebrated than you know shade thrown at it because i appreciate it a lot more than i used to but i'm also an an altaholic with most of my RPGs. So I like to create a lot of different characters. So like every save file in Dark Souls, I, I pretty much have 10 characters that I've been playing through. So uh, the fact that I got any characters through the game twice is maybe more of an accomplishment than actually getting over the hurdle of the difficulty. That is impressive because look at either one of our, uh, any kind of MMO files or anything, and you'll see countless alts on the account because we can't stick with one thing generally. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, it's such a it's such a time commitment and Dark Souls is not nearly the time commitment that an MMO is, but it, it all kind of it all kind of lines up there uh, there. I will add a couple of exceptions to this accomplishment, though, because I, I want to be very thorough with this um, Dark Souls series had a lot of DLCs and with uh, a lot of the, the later DLCs in the series, they've they've introduced some of the the very most difficult bosses. And there are a couple bosses that I haven't finished in the New Game Plus cycle. And I do want to point those out so people aren't calling me out on those. You know, are you sure you beat this guy? These are the three bosses that I did not beat again. One of them, Dark Souls 2, uh, the King's Pets duo fight from the Ivory Tower or the Ivory Crown DLC, which is a horseshit boss battle. And also <laughs> the level, like the run up to get to them is potentially even worse than the boss fight itself. Um, I was not willing to try that more than five times because it's just poorly designed and you're, I feel like from software designed it so you're not supposed to do it by yourself. But even if you do it with somebody else, it's still kind of bullshit. It's not a well-designed fight. Maybe that's just me, me, me on my soapbox trying to come up with an excuse for me not to finish it. But these next two are are actually pretty well-designed boss fights, but I never I never quite uh, accomplished them. And Dark Souls 3 was kind of the 
I wasn't, I didn't play it as much as I played the other ones. So these are kind of, uh, these were both from the last DLC, uh, Dark Eater, Madeir, and Slave Knight Gale, uh, on new game plus cycles are just health sponges beyond health sponges, especially Dark Eater Madeir. He's this big dragon that takes ridiculously long amounts of time to get his health down. And you got, you got to pretty much be on your game and not take more than a couple of hits. Otherwise you're, you know, you're, you're out of the race for sure. But so those they're are like destiny bosses except hard. Well, I don't know if they're that much of a, a bullet sponge, but like <laughs> I said, if you get hit by like one attack from either one of them, depending upon your build, you're pretty much screwed. So, but, but those two, especially slave Knight Gale is actually one of the, the best designed bosses in the entire series, but he's just brutal. And I didn't have the patience to try to finish him off that second time. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty that's much understandable. It. Yeah, so I have to admit where I'm defeated, but still feel very accomplished, and I may go back one of these days. One of these days, we'll just have to see. Maybe an update on the the game front one of these days, and going back to Dark Souls three. Yeah, not anytime soon. But if I don't, obviously, I'm not going to be getting a Dark Souls game um, within the near future. So I'll have to rekindle my excitement. Ooh. Oh man, that's deep. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> All right, I don't have much more to say about that, though. No, I'll transition here over to my next one, and that would be, uh, again, not a huge thing. Probably lots of people have done it, but it would be uh, beating Halo 2 on Legendary and doing it co-op, which is actually, I would argue, harder than doing it single-player because if either one of you dies, you automatically die, which can be super annoying if you're not on the same page. That is impressive. And uh, spoilers, it wasn't Chuck. It was not Chuck. <laughs> we would still be playing if it was Chuck. We would still be on probably the first level. No shade there. Your Halo skills just aren't quite... Uh, <laughs> they are hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, me and my buddy Dell went through Halo 2, and I remember uh, one level especially, I believe it's Regret, when you're uh, up against the Prophet of Regret and about 5 billion different uh, elites with packing some blue plasma and if you get hit with like two shots of blue plasma either one of you dies so pretty sure we're stuck on just that specific section of that level thank you checkpoints for probably a good solid three hours yeah that was a uh, that one was rough I'm glad you could uh section that out otherwise yeah, if you had to beat a whole level in one sitting, we'd definitely still be playing it. Cause... I would say, ultimately, how long did you think that took both of you to do that? Uh, the entire game? It probably took a good... I mean, I'd say you can probably beat the regular game in, you know, six to eight hours, maybe ten, but it probably took us, like, 30 hours, I would imagine. I don't know, It's we probably didn't beat more than a level of sitting, because usually you couldn't... You're ready to do something else after you got your butt handed to you. Uh, about a gazillion times each level. So no, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, if those difficulties, does it does it get more down to like really well placed sniper shots, or is there just different strategies per level? There's definitely different strategies per level, and I mean, as far as sniping, that helps out. And two, if any of the enemies snipe you at all, if they hit your big toe, you automatically die. If they hit you, those little annoying bug dudes, if they hit you with uh, two shots of the, gosh, I'm trying to think of what these weapons are even called because we call each weapon something different than its actual name. When the needler? Play. No, not, not that <laughs> one. No. 
Uh, no, it's a roided shot, whichever that's really called. Like oh, the, the, uh, the plasma oh, the, pistol, I believe. Oh, yeah, the one that you can charge up. Yeah, the super weak, the good old uh, shot of steroids you can give to, you know, take out their life. But if you shoot someone with, like, a single shot of it in a multiplayer game, it takes about, you know, 187 of them to actually kill someone. Well, these little bug dudes hit you with, like, two shots of single roids, and you're just dead immediately. That Which sounds is... like a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I remember that one section I was talking about earlier, just for kicks, we had uh, one more time from Daft Punk, like, blaring through the house. And we had it on repeat for the good solid three hours we were trying uh, to get through the level. And I remember my brother wanting uh, pretty much murderous by that point. It was back in high school. Good times. But yeah, that game is... Uh, Halo 3, they uh, fixed it and made it a lot easier where... Legendary, if one of you died, you could just kind of, the other one could hide out and you'd respawn. So it took away a lot of that difficulty. But yeah, but Halo it does 2, seem more fair. It's definitely a lot better design. <laughs> yeah. Halo 2's Legendary actually was Legendary. 3, not as much, but yeah. More, better design, definitely uh, co op experience, but not as fondly remembered just because 2 was so ridiculous. I think my biggest accomplishment in Halo 2 was I got probably two kills during a multiplayer match one time. Well, I mean, maybe like that first night we kind of busted out and played it, which would have been like New Year's Eve 2004 or something. I think we were all kind of at the same skill level at that point. So Yes, and I discovered rocket launchers first. That's true. I think we were at Ivory Tower and you went and grabbed the the rockets at the end of the waterfall there, and then it was was your... (laughs) You only went down after that night, unfortunately. No, it's very true. I will, <laughs> deny, I will not deny these things. <laughs> but yeah, Halo 2 Legendary was good times, and it was uh, pretty difficult, although I'd say a lot of people have uh, put that on their, their trophy case and will probably beat that. Oh, I'm sure that's very true. Definitely not me, though. But one that I have put on my trophy case, uh, another another RPG, maybe slash MMO, depending upon how you look at it, I'd consider it one. Um, I actually finished, I beat uh, the entire episode one of Fantasy Star Online uh, with a level 145 Hugh solo. Definitely took a lot of grinding. Fantasy Star Online is definitely an old school MMO-esque RPG. Anybody who's played it obviously knows what it is. It's a pretty legendary title at this point. Ultimate difficulty was just an enormous difficulty spike and it was the fourth difficulty level that you had to play through and i just remember just grinding endlessly on each each level and i mean a lot of people who haven't played this game they need to know like in that game episode one there was only four levels yeah that you had to play through and i mean they depending upon what level you were in it it took an hour or two to get through them but the ruins you had to finish all the previous levels, of course, and then it was like a it was like a two hour gauntlet to get through the the most difficult enemies in the game, and then you ended up against Dark Falls, and he just has three three phases to him, each much more difficult than the last. I actually think I feel like I may be misremembering this, but he may have four at that point, but it still may be three. There's one in particular that I'm thinking of though, and it's the last one where he's on like. He's on a platform, and he's very, very difficult to hit with, like, melee attacks. And you can't do it most of the time. So I was playing a melee character who is an android who doesn't use (laughs) any magic at all. So all I have is consumable healing items 
I'm, I'm really good at hitting stuff with a sword and watching it die. But at this point, I basically have to use like the best handgun I found in the game and and just be pretty much perfect dodging all of his attacks from his first two forms. Getting to this third form, and he has this attack, it, it's basically a grant spell, but you can't dodge it. So you have to tank the hit, and it pretty much always takes away at least like three quarters of your life. So if you can't tank the hit, you automatically pretty much can't beat this boss unless you have like an item that'll like automatically revive you. I don't know if they were scape dolls. Scape doll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I probably did use a few of those back then. Uh, because I think we can only carry ten of them. Ca- okay. I didn't we, think you'd carry ten scape dolls. I thought there was more of a limit on that. Maybe there's like five. I don't quite remember the number on that. But you also have to remember that being uh, an android, you could only hold ten of each healing item, and there's only I want to say four healing items in the game. So while I'm doing very limited damage with my handgun because I'm a melee fighter and trying to dodge all these other attacks, minus the one that I have to be able to tank, it was just brutal. And it's it, it's basically just very strategic item management and and trying to make sure that you're you're obviously powerful enough to just do enough damage to whittle away the boss and you got to get to the end of the marathon before he does, otherwise you're screwed. And, and one way that I figured out how to do that is, you remember the the mags that you got, your little buddy that oh, would hang, yeah. you had hang to over your... Yeah, you had to feed them. They gave you a little. They gave you statistics, and they also would get like these special like limit break powers that they they do damage or get different abilities. And this boss almost required a, a character at this level, especially at Android, to have the one where it has like the the healing spell, which like. Nobody but a mage ever has at that point. So you have to like specially make a mag to get through this ability. That way you have just enough uh, extra heals to hopefully win the day. But it was it was very difficult, and it's one of my most played games of all time. And I was super stoked when I finally got to finish episode one. Episode two, I'll probably never finish it because it's just so much more brutal. Well, the amount of grinding I remember at that point you had to go through to get a level up by then. Like, to get to, from 140 to 141, for example, like, good lord, you had to put in lots of hours just to get one level up. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier online when you're playing with four people. Single player, it is a it is a chore that I was willing to do at that point. Yeah, I stopped after the regular difficulty. I was going to say, I put so much time into that game by then, I was like, I gotta see this through. This is ridiculous. So, and I actually did that, like, a year ago. I went back and finally did that. Oh, I've been, nice. been sitting on that accomplishment for a while. Oh, so at least your Dreamcast still had a memory card there. No, that wasn't. I did that on the GameCube. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did make it to hard mode. I don't think I made it past that with my Ranger. So you like probably made it to level fifty, forty or fifty. I I know I'm at least in high forties. There you go. So I had one difficulty where I had to go from like seventy five to one forty five. Just Good to finish Lord. that difficulty, yeah. And you know what? I may be a little overleveled. I mean, I'm <laughs> like I said, I'm probably not the greatest Fantasy Star Online player, but uh, that was that was when I finally accomplished it. So I was like, all right, I think I, I think I'm done with this game for a few years. Yeah, that's a feat and a time commitment. So yeah, kudos to you for that one. That's impressive. Yeah, pretty brutal solo for sure. I'm, I'm sure it's much more much more simplified when you're playing multiplayer, especially when you have like other people to like tank that hit for you and you also have like other characters that can revive you or whatever but 
Yeah, left ride for that. I don't blame you. I would be too. That's a. I wonder how many hours you actually put into that to get that. Oh, about two fifty at least. That's a. That's yeah. an old school grind right there. Yeah. Absolutely. That will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough time in the world. Yeah. The the next one on my list here was a uh, one of my favorite games of all time and I didn't expect it when I jumped into this to be that difficult but it's actually going through in a Pokemon Puzzle League they have tons of difficulties and the final one after you beat like normal there's like easy normal hard um, very hard and then there's a, a super hard and my gosh you play people on super hard difficulty the continued meter max is at 99 I'd be willing to bet I used probably, I mean, me and my buddy Brad played this a lot, and we'd pass the control back and forth and keep just getting owned ridiculously. I bet we put in 10,000 continues into that easy to try and beat that game, a solid probably 80 hours. Is that because they'd combo you so fast that you got that many runs in at a time? Oh, yeah, they they combo you so fast it's ridiculous. Like, you would lose an entire round in sometimes under 10 seconds because they put they move the screen all the way up to the top and just do like a max combo and then like anything over four and they bring out the trumpets and you would just get epic trumpet noises of like 10 plus combo strings going down and then you have the the sweet lines of whoever the character is voicing them like they had Team Rocket, and they're like, I'm feeling giddy. And you'd hear that, and then like, Chabak! all these going down, and whew, that game, especially at the very end, too, Gary Oak is the last person, and if you beat him, you immediately have to go to Mewtwo, and you have to beat those two back-to-back, which, I mean, beating anyone is like basically one in a hundred, and just having like the round of your life, and then beating them, and then you have to immediately beat the last two characters back-to-back to actually beat it at the end. Yeah, holy crap, that was an accomplishment. And if anyone doesn't think that's uh, kind of hard, just look it up on YouTube sometime and check out some of those videos. And yeah, Woo. have you ever that found anybody a... online that can like do it consistently? Is like that good? Um, not really. The only ones that are ever shown, like they'll have someone that's they'll just post a video of like themselves on the last battle or something. They won't actually post like the entire run. Oh, okay. What I've seen, I feel like it's just they just leave the tape on for yeah, you know, 17 years and they get a lucky round in. Like, so it sounds like it's it, it's just a mixture of just like luck and then also just like pure amazing focus. And it has to be at the same time, otherwise, you're screwed. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of both that has to go on at the same time. And I mean, I consider myself pretty decent at the game, like in. I mean, out of our friend group, I'd say I'm the, the best one. But, yeah, that game will just destroy me consistently. Very rewarding. Very, very feel, rewarding. I can hear it in your voice. It is. And then you get to hear those those sweet lines and all the Pokemon, because they got all the actors from the actual series. Good thing they're awesome. Otherwise, <laughs> they that would awesome. be so frustrating. I'd have to like play the game in silence otherwise. If it was any, if it was like any other franchise, like the actors from like Mega Man Eight or something in there. Oh, well, then it might just be funny and ridiculous. But oh, there's only so many times I can like listen to Clown Man. 
Well, what about Dr. Light and Dr. Wowie? Don't remember that as much. You don't remember like those sweet mm. cutscenes? Like mm. no, 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 I do. Wowie. I've actually I've watched those recently. And uh you're right. Those are terrible. And but I also Mega didn't Man put much time called... into Mega Man 8. It was an awesome game. Mega Man calls bass bass and yeah, all kinds of good stuff. I don't know what they were thinking with that one. And then they brought the same people back for X4 to give just another awesome dub. But good yeah. Job. Pokemon yeah, Puzzle League. I got derailed a little bit there. Pokemon Puzzle League Super Hard is a feat. And it's it's one of them I'm uh, more proud of on this list because it took a lot of hours of just uh, straight up grinding. It's one that should be easy. I mean, you can go through the regular game on normal. It'll take you like a half hour. It's how long it's supposed to take to get through this. Not, you know, a hundred hours. But yeah, it made me a better player at Pokemon Puzzle League, so... Kudos to you, Gary Oak, and you too, and everybody else along the way. Yeah, Pokemon Puzzle League, real brutal, but a real good game. Anybody should definitely try it out, especially if they love puzzle games in general, or if you're just looking for a game to play on your Nintendo 64. Or you want to hear those sweet Pokemon just voices and tunes. Classic stuff. And it will haunt your nightmares. (laughs) Speaking of haunting your nightmares, my next one is going to be... Three games that I finished that uh, I'm pretty proud of, um, relatively difficult, uh, older games, and that is going to be Castlevania 1 and Castlevania 3, and also, which may be a little bit more debatable, actually finishing Castlevania Dracula X on the Super Nintendo, which I think is actually a pretty brutal game, especially at the end. Um, The original Castlevania game... um, Not necessarily that difficult, outside of basically like the last... Uh, rush of the game uh, you could think of it a lot like ninja gaiden it's not really that hard of a game until you get to the very end uh the grim reaper is probably one of the most difficult nes bosses i can i can think of off the top of my head most most days i mean that's saying something uh, yeah i know and probably because i just fought him the most but <laughs> absolutely brutal just the, the thing with Castlevania games is when you get a boss that throws a ton of projectiles at you, it's almost unfair because you have like the least mobility outside of like a Resident Evil game. Yeah, you're like a, a Dark Souls character, like the big ones with too much armor on. That's basically how you move. Yeah, you're, ba- you're basically just like a stone like human walking around. And then <laughs> if you jump, well, you better have bought like a, an engagement ring for that jump because... You're going all the way at this point. There's no <laughs> escape. Um, but yeah, the Grim Reaper fight was just basically difficult because you had all these projectiles that he'd spawn while he's flying around. And it was just very difficult to deal with them. Basically, the gist was, you know, just try to whack them out of the air before they hit you, uh, before you'd had a ton of extra ones that spawned in the arena. And in Dracula was also difficult, but not for the same reasons. Uh, basically he had two forms. First one was pretty easy. You're pretty average Dracula boss fight where he kind of like teleports around the, the stage and like throw a bunch of fireballs at you and you have to jump over the fireballs, hit him in the head a couple times. And then moves on to the second stage where he turns into this big old, I, I guess he's a big old bat, but he kind of just looks like a big old goofy blue monster. And yes, <laughs> graphics were cool. Yes. And it just kind of jumps around taking up space on the screen Actually, overall, Dracula is considerably more simple than uh, the Grim Reaper is. Uh, even just like 
Uh, the Grim Reaper is also difficult because it's like the hardest level in the game leading up to the Grim Reaper. The, it's one of those like levels in gaming that just I don't, I don't know what to say it's it's such a grind, but it like eat, just kind of like eats away at your soul. Like every time you have to redo it, just such a bear. But that was that was NES difficulty back then. But Castlevania one, if you knew how to use the, the holy water sub weapon, you could pretty much make any of the bosses pretty trivial if you knew when to use them at the right time. So like if you if you threw a holy water at the Grim Reaper, like right when he spawned, he wouldn't be able to do anything if you just kept throwing it at him. So oh, nice. Pretty broken tactics that have been discovered ever so many years after the game was released. Definitely a fun game, definitely a difficult one, but I don't think it even holds a candle to the difficulty of Castlevania three. Dracula's Curse. So many more levels, uh, and the platforming was much more difficult. And while the bosses I didn't think were necessarily more difficult, there was just a couple of them that were absolutely brutal. And uh, those two were there's this, I don't know if it's like halfway through the game or something like that. There's this flying white, like skull dragon that you have to fight. And Anytime you have to fight a boss that flies around and you're flying, you're fighting them over pits that if you fall down and you die immediately, that is just always just naturally going to be difficult and should like never be a design choice. That's true. That's just not good. Yes. It's, it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> and then, and then yet again, Dracula pops up again. This is the most, this is arguably the most brutal Dracula fight in the series. He's got three forms and, Actually, the third form reminds me a lot of the the final Sigma fight in the original Mega Man X, where you have to kind of like use uh, platforms that the boss maneuvers around the stage to get a hit on hit in on his head, and uh, that was pretty brutal. While he's also shooting projectiles at you, it's much more difficult than it was in the original Mega Man X. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the armor armadillo power in Castlevania to take him down. No, all you have is. Probably best choice would be the the cross or the boomerang, depending upon how you remember it. Um, but you still, just hit it twice. Yeah, but still, absolutely one. brutal. Well, no, no, you, it wouldn't be that fast. There was three forms, <laughs> and the fight it feels like it takes like ten to fifteen minutes to go through all three forms. It's just kind of just a grueling marathon, and you probably don't have enough sub weapons at that point to even really be using anything but your whip, especially if you died previously. So. Yeah. That's always one of those things that's difficult about Castlevania game. Like you, you get a lot of momentum going through the levels and you, you've got a lot of power. Um, you got a lot of extra sub weapon uses, assuming you've got enough life to go into the boss battle to even hope for a victory. But once you like die and you have to like, you have to go through like one screen before you get to the boss and you have like a shitty sub weapon and you only have like three or four uses of it. It's just like, Oh, I may as well you like restart the level over again. Um, and then the other one is Castlevania Dracula X for the SNES, which is kind of just like a very toned down port of Castlevania Rondo of Blood for the Super Nintendo. I wasn't quite sure why they ever did that, but it's still a relatively good game, even though it's got some uh, frame rate issues. And I mean, uh, they it, made it harder. <laughs> they I, I felt like they definitely made it harder. And the, and the final boss is. I feel like they actually made it more difficult for this version than they did in Rondo Blood, which is ridiculous. And it has the same issue that that flying white dragon had in Castlevania three. And if you fall, if you get hit by like one attack, you are like immediately dropped down into a pit. It should never, ever have that. 
those are like the those are like some of the very few times that I consider like any of the Castlevania games truly unfair. And that's and I feel like it's a shame that those are the reasons why some of these games are remembered to be as difficult as they are, even though they are naturally tough and typically well designed, especially if you just put in the time to kind of learn them. Yeah, just look at like Castlevania 4. I mean, that game is really well designed and it's the difficulty just ramps up and it never gets ridiculously hard where you just want to chuck the control at just frustration because it was just super cheap. Yeah, no, Castlevania 4 is, I, I think it's probably the, besides, besides the RPG ones, besides any of them pretty much after Symphony of the Night, it's easily the easiest in the franchise. Yeah, but the yeah, easiest traditional one. Yeah, but yeah, definitely a good game and it doesn't feel cheap. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just those few bosses. Otherwise, I think uh, Castlevania 1 is exceptionally well-designed. Um, and I think it was probably only difficult because it was like the, it was the first game in the series. And it was, for me, and I think a lot of people, it was like the first, I'd almost consider it one of the first examples of kind of a survival horror game in the fact that the game is less based on reaction and more based on just like knowing your surroundings and knowing how to prepare for them even though it still is a platformer action game um your your movements are just a heck of a lot more considered yeah i never thought of it like that it's interesting yeah good thing you don't have to find key cards or have tank controls yeah or like have to play like inventory tetris also another plus yeah. So yeah, gosh, why would I don't I mean that just reminds me of uh yeah, of course Resident Evil and now Path of Exile on the Xbox. Ah yes. I still love those, but <laughs> thank god I don't have to do that in my Castlevania games. But yeah, those yes. are some of those are some of the more uh brutal platformers that I've played, and obviously I love the Castlevania series. I've shown a lot of sugar to it uh over the course of the podcast. But those are definitely the uh, the the top of the difficulty that I've overcome. I actually think later, and even some of the RPG ones on like the, the DS, I shouldn't necessarily call them RPGs, but they're they have a lot of RPG elements. Uh, they have some some built-in difficulty levels, like after you finish the game, where they'll put it on like hard mode, and you can't like level above level one or like level fifty. Man, and that's pretty brutal. That's that sounds pretty terrible. Brutal. Yeah, and those are. I've only played through, like, the hardest one I've played through is, I think, uh, Portrait of Ruin. They have, like, can't go above level 50, can't go above level 25, and then it's level 1. I've, I've beaten the one that you can only go up to level 25. But I can't I can't fathom the amount of mastery that you'd have to have of the game to beat it on level 1. I feel like you most of the later parts of the game, you would just die instantly. Yeah, most self-imposed challenges like that, I just, I just kind of stay away from. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely, probably not going to do it. I mean, they do have, they do have like small rewards or trinkets in the game that they're like, hey, you should go do this. But those are some of the very few that I'm just like, I don't know if I want to play through an entire level one playthrough and just like earn a Konami Man item in my inventory. (laughs) It doesn't do anything. It's just like a trophy. Is it a pachinko machine? Because that'd be awesome. It's not a pachinko machine. You know, they've never, they've never had those those unlockables. At least like a Yu-Gi-Oh card, something. Not in my Castlevania games. No Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'd take them though. I would take them. A pachinko machine, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess unless you got anything else to say, I'll uh, transition over to my next one here. Castlevania's good. (laughs) Castlevania is good. That's all I got. You know what else is good? 
Mega Man. And Mega Man is good, but it's the time of the episode. I mean, I feel like it's every episode. Marvel Infinite's good. Oh, goodness. Oh, well, I know yeah. what this is, then. Yeah, it's it's that time. We have to see how great Marvel Infinite is. So shout-outs to Capcom and Marvel Infinite. No, I mean, one of the biggest accomplishments recently uh, within the past, I think I did it uh, back in January, was a, a platinum trophy in Marvel Infinite, which, I mean, um, I'm not someone that gets platinum trophies very much in general. I think I have two total and one of them is infinite. So yeah, that was a, a lot of hours put into that. And uh, the most difficult part, there's two things that are really hard about it. One was just uh, climbing the online ladder to reach the, the rank you have to get to. And then the second one was those ridiculous combo challenges where you have to do everything in a perfectly timed order. Yeah, those are... Those are pretty ridiculous, so I am definitely proud of that good old Platinum Trophy from the most underrated game of 2017, Marvel Infinite. And thank God it's over. <laughs> I'm sure that's how you feel about it. Not the game, but getting getting all those achievements. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the achievements and stuff they have in games these days are good and bad. Well, some of them are just terribly designed. I'm like, who who is doing this? Yeah, I've never understood those people that are just straight up achievement hunters. Yeah, that's like that's like a that's so meta that I don't understand it. Yeah, that got to the point. Just the only reason I did infinite, I ended up just getting all the trophies in general. With the exception of the combo one, just going through the game, I was trying to just rank up online and just playing it and ended up uh, getting everything except that one trophy. So I was like 99% of the way through and I was like. It probably took another 10 hours just to get everyone's combos memorized there, and that was a whole nother issue of pain. But, I mean, it does feel good to have a platinum trophy, but I don't think it was overall wasn't worth the, the work put into it, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I can't think of... I don't think I even have a platinum trophy at this point, which I know is lame. Take away my gamer card if you must. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could I'd never see something like that really feeling like too much of an accomplishment, especially like when I don't actually get sent a trophy that I can like put on my shelf. Oh, you wasted way too much time on this game. Well, there's usually uh, at least one achievement that's just so out there and ridiculous and stupid that it keeps it. Even if I love the game, played the crap out of it, it usually keeps me from getting a platinum trophy. Yeah, I mean, there was one that I remember. I, I, I think they were on the original like like Marvel vs. Capcom 3, they had some trophies where you had to win like consecutive online matches. Like you'd have to win like maybe like 10 or 20 or 30 in a row. I'm assuming Infinite didn't have anything like that or you were just too baller to care. No, it had. I think it has like win 10 matches in a row and that was easy to do like right when, because I got it right when the game came out and you go up ranks in that game. So when I was ranked 15, there's actually Beginner's League too and I started there. And that was, it was easy to wreck people in the beginner's league. And I got all my win streak right when the game started, so that was nice. Now, later on, like at the rank I'm at now, there's no way I can rattle off anywhere near 10 games in a row. Because, well, one, I don't think 10 people play it anymore, but... And two, there's about every two or three games you play someone that is just going to body you ridiculously, kind of like I did you last time we played, except they do that to me. So I was going to say, yeah, I would have let you beat me 50 times if you needed to get that trophy. I would have been bored <laughs> as hell, but been worth the cause. I was going to say, like, I've, 
Uh, I, we talked about it earlier on the podcast a, a few episodes ago. I was telling you that they actually have the that uh, triple triad game on the phone, the Final Fantasy card game that you can get. And they have, to unlock some of the cards, you have to win like 30, 50 online matches in a row. And I'm just like, how many people actually have these? And like, what is the probability that you're not going to make a mistake over that course of 50 matches? That has to be so frustrating. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's insane. It's just not for me. I'm not gonna, not gonna put in that kind of effort. Definitely not that kind of just like internal sadness that I would come out of winning forty nine and then. Ugh. Well, but. see, the annoying part is too like after all that was done with Infinite, I haven't really played the game much since because unless I were playing with people, which doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's like you just get burnt out on it. It's like, well, I don't really want to play it now since I spent too much time doing, you know, stupid rewards, challenges, trophies, whatever the case may be. And now I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you can also just bring up the argument. There's just like too many games out there now. Like there's so many games that come out every week. Like if, if you're having a hard time finding a game that you're interested in playing at like any given time. Maybe video games aren't for you. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, it sounds kind of mean to say, but like, there's just so many games that come out. Like, I don't even have time to play like half of them that I want yeah, to. Yeah, we're we're so spoiled these days. It's crazy, yeah. in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, I can I can complain all day, but it, it's a it's a complaint that I can't be too upset about. But yeah, my platinum and infinite, I am pretty proud of there, but. Enough for the infinite soapbox for the day. I'll jump back off that and get back on the regular podcast train here. Hey, that's all right. I respect it. <laughs> as long as you're consistent about it every episode, I don't really care. Sure, we have to bash Konami and praise Infinite. We haven't really bashed Konami yet. I said I, I like mean, the Castlevania games, and that's about it. We maybe, maybe we'll get Pachinko there. and Yu-Gi-Oh shots in there. So maybe you beat Hybrid Heaven on the hardest difficulty. Maybe that's your next one. That's yeah. That's gonna be my number one. Just just wait for it. Sweet. Well, uh, I have one more left. I'll go ahead and this is kind of an accomplishment over a course of a series of games, kind of like Dark Souls, and that is the the Wild Arms series, which everyone knows that I love, and that is uh, all of the games except for Wild Arms Four, which is my least favorite and the only one I haven't finished. One day I will go back and actually play it and finish it. I just, for whatever reason, I uh, I could never get into it the couple of times I played it. I've I've 100% completed all the other games in the franchise. I've, I've gone, obviously I've finished them. I've gone and gotten all of the optional equipment. I've defeated all of the optional super bosses, which is time consuming, but nothing like out of this world like, games like Final Fantasy X, where if you were going to go ahead and do that, it, that would probably take hundreds of hours of grinding, or if nothing else, just ridiculous strategies to do. I think the, the Wild Arms series is a little bit uh, nicer about that. They're just kind of like that extra little bit of content at the end of the game, which that's something that I find rewarding in an RPG, especially when I don't have to do just like a ridiculous amount of grinding to get there. And the Wild Arms series typically... Uh, doesn't require that of the player, which I find nice. I always appreciate that. Yes. And I would say the biggest accomplishment, which is one of the more ludicrous things that the, the game asks you to do, which this one is not necessarily what I would consider fair, 
uh, by any means. But in Wild Arms 3, it has probably the most ridiculous challenge I can think of. And they have this optional dungeon at the end. It's called the Abyss. And it's a it's 100 floors randomly generated each time you go in it. And you can't leave or save while you're in it. And it takes anywhere between 6 and 10 hours to complete. So you have to do it in one sitting, which is madness. And you pretty much have to be... You don't have to be max level, but you have to be probably between level 70 and 80 and have pretty good skills on your characters. And while you're going through it, it's just basically uh, each floor, you have to like pick up crystals while you're also just fighting random battles, which is the, the most consuming part. And these enemies are the strongest enemies in the game while you're doing it. So it's not necessarily a cakewalk uh, either. So... It's a nice little challenge there, but and then like every 10, 30, and 50 floors, there's a there's a new boss that you get to fight, and then on the final floor, you get to fight the uh, series traditional uh, mega boss, which is called Ragu O Ragula, which I know sounds <laughs> like fucking marinara sauce. sauce. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Right, he, he doesn't look much cooler. Um, but he's he's always the the most difficult or one of the most difficult bosses in the game, and you fight him and it is it it is a pain to be sure. But you fight him, you kill him, you get one of the strongest items in the game, and then you also get the opportunity to fight him again on the next floor, which is a much more difficult version of the version that you just fought. And once you I defeat him, you get like the last EX file key, which is basically just an item that allows you to unlock special perks at the end of the game. Basically, if you want to replay or you like want to uh, listen to music or unlock like artwork or things like that. But it was just kind of just this this epic requirement of just going through this randomly generated dungeon that was just the most difficult content in the game. Um, and none of the other games required you to do anything that was nearly that time consuming and definitely not something that you couldn't save. And if you failed at the end, then you had to do it again. So question, did you ever get like 45 floors in and just fail? I got 70 one time. I only had to do oh, it yeah, twice. floors. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I had to do it for some odd reason. I had to do it twice. And I remember specifically the first time I failed, I had to take like two weeks off. <laughs> I would so, imagine because that yeah that would do it. I was so mad. That's that that's an entire day. I mean that's a commitment. I remember I did that one day when I got off and like I that was probably middle school, maybe high school. I, it had to be high school because it didn't come out till we were in high school. Okay, that would make sense. Uh, and I remember I did that. I think I was my parents let me stay up to like one or two in the morning to finish that. Nice. <laughs> yes, that was really cool of them. So, yeah, that was that was brutal and uh, definitely one of my my favorite experiences uh, from the Wild Arms series after the fact, but not while I was doing it. <laughs> Probably one of those things that's not necessarily worth it in the end. Yeah, just like the last we talked about, that's one of those where it's cool to say it's done, but that's probably something you wouldn't go back and do again. Heck no, that that would be like the one Wild Arms game besides four that. <laughs> I would not go back and 100% complete. Like every time I play like one and two, I always do it to completion. While there's a lot of extra content to do, it's it's nothing that frustrating. You can you can do those those pieces of content like within like a half hour or an hour, and obviously you get to save, so it's not that big of a deal. 
Oh, well, and plus, like, Wild Arms 3 is one of the longest RPGs I've ever played, too. I I think it took me, like, 150 or so or more hours to do all that. And it does have some sweet music. It does have some sweet music. It's just an impressive feat in general. Yeah, I would say it would have been an impressive feat had you played Wild Arms 3 and actually got your garden going. That way you had healing items throughout. You know what? I don't I don't believe in planning my garden. And I put my... No, screw that. And I put my healing on the worst character to heal with, too. So that right. pretty much killed Wild Arms 3. Yeah, I remember when you showed me that. I was like, well, these pro strats is above <laughs> yeah. anything that I knew. See, that's my own self-imposed challenge I like to put on when I play Wild Arms 3. You got to go back to it. I want to see that happen. But uh, my uh, number one here would be the only things um, I guess could be called considered like a speed run. And it is from the original Donkey Kong Country. And if you've ever played the game, I don't know if you've you have probably haven't beat that game, have you? I beat the first one. Okay. And the so, third one. I actually don't think I finished the second one, which everybody loves so much. Well, they're all amazing, so. <laughs> but at the end of the first game, there's Cranky's going by in his little wheelchair, and he's like, It only took me one life, and I beat the game in under an hour. And that basically got called like the Cranky Kong Challenge. So you have to complete speed run the game, the entire game, without dying and beat it in less than an hour. That seems almost impossible. That took, you know, as many times as I played Donkey Kong Country, that definitely helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I believe but yeah, that. that took, it was like, uh, I ended up getting done in 54 minutes without nice. dying, which was awesome. You get absolutely nothing. Which they acted like it'd be this like big developer secret. Apparently they just put in there as a joke. Didn't think people would actually be that dumb and do it. But yeah, I, I did. Put a yeah. lot of time into it. You sure showed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I showed them. I showed you Cranky. And he gave me the exact same ending and said he beat it in less than an hour in one life. Just like I did. Nice. So my assumption is you don't have to go through all of the levels to do that. No, you do. You have oh, to yeah. basically be hitting Y the entire time and just keep rolling. And how many levels is that? You have to be like Fred Durst. You just keep on rolling. Nice. Also worth it. You, God, you're cool. <laughs> I'm not sure how many levels that is, but I mean, you can get through. Like a normal run through the game taking your time is like two hours. So, I mean, it's not like completely insanely ridiculous. The hardest part's not screwing up and not dying. Especially on like that first snow level where if you uh, the barrels go ridiculously fast and if you make one wrong move you pretty much are dead. But there is a shortcut where you can get through like half the level if you shoot in the right direction of the abyss and find a hidden barrel. But yeah, that run overall, I played that game so much that I was like, let's do it. And then it's pretty disappointing. So everybody, don't go do that. You get absolutely nothing. Well, how long did it take you to, like, once you actually decided you were going to do that, how how many runs did that take you? I should have kept count. <laughs> Enough. Oh, it was it was way too many. And usually I get stopped either, like, um, Treetop Town or the first uh, Snow Place, where I think the only two places I even died in the whole game, because the game overall isn't very difficult. But, man, I mean, you have to... Go out of your way to make sure you hit no bonus areas or anything. You just have to speed through the game as quick as possible. Basically, mash Y where your 
like I said, rolling the whole time and just hope and pray you don't get distracted and screw up. Yeah, I mean, an hour of of somebody just be like completely focused on something like that and to not make a mistake. I mean, you you may have made a mistake just like speed wise, but obviously you did die. So it's very yeah, impressive. It, I mean, like you said, there were times where like one time I thought I was going to get it and died at the snow level. And I think I stopped for at least a week at that point because the first couple days I tried to do it, it was pretty much like all day for two days straight. Wow. And after I, you know, got pretty freaking far and was happy with it, and I think the snow levels in like the second to last world or something, it might even be the last world. And when I died there, that was just enough to hang it up for a while. And then went back to it probably mm, five days a week later or something. And then I kept dying at that same snow level. So that got annoying too, because that's like a good 45 minutes in. Maybe like 40 minutes in, but still, it seems like it seems like longer when you're trying to speed through the levels like that. So, yeah, it was uh, not something I would recommend, but it's cool to say I did it and I would not ever try and do it again. I love that game to death, but now it just stuff like that makes you like a game less than when you started it. That's probably true, but it, it does show a kind of. of it shows another layer of, of quality in the way that the game was designed that it, it kind of the, while the developers may not have assumed or designed it to be able to be accomplished. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It just kind of adds to the legacy of the game. The fact that that is actually popular or possible. And, you know, the community, especially when they come together and they figure out a way to uh, speed run games in general, that's a whole nother conversation. That's kind of a, a cool interaction that, you know, uh, the medium of games has with, you know, people that enjoy it that other mediums like movies and music don't have. Yeah, and that's just really cool to see. I mean, I like watching speedrunning in general. I generally suck at it, but it's fun to watch some of these people that are ridiculously good just to, to go to town on some of the all-time classics. No, absolutely. I, I like watching a lot of, like, the Metroid runs and some of the the old school castlevania games where they'll do it in like 12 minutes and won't take a hit and i'm just like okay oh, well the Mega Man games too i saw um someone played like Mega Man, i don't know x and x2 at the same time or something oh yeah with the same controller yeah i can't even fathom <laughs> can't even fathom i watched that too i was mesmerized the whole time i was just like i still don't understand this man is a champion yes he is he has too much time on his hands, but damn, this is impressive. Exactly. Yeah, it's very cool. Now, did you ever try that on any of the other Donkey Kong games, or was that it? You were just done with the first one? No, just the first one. I mean, that's the one I've, I've played the most and always make sure I play it and beat it at least once a year. But yeah, I mean, the others, there's way more to them, and they take a lot longer. And I don't have the the skill to be able to go through them. I haven't been through them as many times. I've probably only beaten each one of them like 10 times versus the original one. I've probably beaten like 30 to 40 times. So, well, Let me ask you a question, Buck. Are you What's interested that? to hear what our listeners, what their achievements have been over the years? I'm definitely interested to hear that. And they should uh, hit us up on Twitter there. We're at BuckChuckGaming. And like you said, let us know what your biggest accomplishments are there. And we would love to hear those. And uh, they're probably more um, accomplished than anything we've done here. Yeah, do not don't accomplishments. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't be don't be shy. I mean, accomplishments can be just things that you feel like you accomplish. It doesn't have to be impressive based on any, you know, like world records or anything like that, because archers aren't. Archers. Yeah, we're not calling Guinness Book of World Records on any of these. No, I mean, I might, but they'll probably laugh and hang up the phone. <laughs> so what can you do? But yeah, let us know. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, like Buck said, and also you can find us, the podcast, on SoundCloud and uh, the iTunes App Store. Go, uh, Just go straight to your podcast app and look up Buck, Ch- Buck and Chuck Gaming Connection. Not difficult to find, and if you enjoy the podcast and you've been listening to it for a while, and even if you haven't and you just enjoyed some of the episodes you listened to, feel free to drop us a review. It helps us out a lot. Yeah, we definitely appreciate the people that have, have stopped by and been kind enough to give us a review so far. That that goes a long way, and we definitely appreciate that. Makes it easier for people to uh, see us that don't necessarily know that we exist, but they can. Then we're easier to find. You know, whatever the algor- search algorithms are, uh, they can find us, and we can be shared with uh, more listeners, and that increases the conversation. And uh, we can share all of our achievements together, and whatever <laughs> other topics we. Uh, may talk about in the future let us know any of those that you may want us to talk about we definitely have a slew of other ones in the pipeline i don't think we have any end to our ideas that's for sure we're we're also always open to suggestions too yeah absolutely and i'm sure there's a ton of them we haven't thought about video games is a big subject that's true we got a lot to talk about and as always i'm chuck and i'm buck and you've been listening to the buck and chuck gaming connection thanks Thanks a lot guys. guys